This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. And we are in the book of Psalms. We are not going sequentially through the Psalms. I'm kind of taking a selection of them. And then we'll do this for the summer. Uh, We'll jump into Nehemiah coming up in the fall. I'm looking forward to that. Um, But then probably next summer, we may do this summer uh, psalm series. A lot of churches do this. It's definitely not original to me. I would like to think that the graphic and the title, A Soundtrack for Life, could be original to me. I'm not sure about that. But psalms definitely isn't original to me in the summer. But we have gone through several different psalms. If you weren't here last Sunday, I would uh, really like to encourage you to listen or watch. You can listen on our podcast or watch on YouTube. Um, We talked about sin uh, we talked about it head on last Sunday. Uh, we talked about the, 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 the burden and the guilt that sin brings and the brokenness that it brings. But we talked about the remedy for it. And if you weren't here last Sunday, I do want to encourage you um, to look back at that. We're in Psalm 27 today. Psalm 27. The title of today's message is The All-Sufficient Savior. The all-sufficient Savior, the one who took me at my broken state of sin, and he rescued me through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and he now has saved me through the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, and he will sustain me until the day that we are taken to heaven. The all-sufficient Savior, the eternal sufficient Savior. This is one of those Psalms where, number one, the actual location and the time in David's life is not necessarily known well in this psalm, but that's okay. Uh, This is a psalm of David uh, reminding himself, uh, declaring his faith in his God. In fact, he does so with passion. He does so with much clarity. And that's what we're going to look at today. I'm going to read the entire psalm. I believe it's 14 verses. And we're going to read the entire psalm. If you don't have your Bible, that's fine. You can look on the screen. But if you have your Bible or an app or whatnot, please follow along. Psalm 27 and beginning in verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? We could just stop right there. I got a sermon about that. We We could preach about that. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple verse 5 for in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me he shall set me high upon a rock and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle I will sing yes I will sing praises to the Lord Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. 
Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have, been, have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your hearts. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What an incredible passage. What an incredible, I I encourage you, if your daily Bible reading or your consistent Bible reading, however you do that, if it does not include the Psalms, I would encourage you to add it. What, just, I don't even have to preach. I literally could go back and just read these over and over again, these verses. What an amazing song. I I hope we, we grasp this. And I'm definitely not going to sing this, but you do understand that David wrote these to be sung. Can you imagine just singing through, much like the song, the third song we sang today, I feel like David went from like top to bottom, from right to left, beginning to end, and he unpacked his love for God and his love for his Lord. I encourage you to make Psalms a part of your daily worship. I hope today that we, Christians, I hope that we are reminded of our Savior today. That's the goal of the message is for believers to leave here reminded of their Savior. And we need that. Last week we we left reminded of our sin. And this week we're going to leave reminded of our Savior. We need those, that balance in the local church. If you're here today and you're a questioner, you have doubts about your eternal home, whether that home would be in heaven with your savior forever or if that home would be in in hell if you don't know for sure your eternal destination if you don't have a personal relationship with jesus my goal today is that i will convince you through the word of god by the preaching of god's word that jesus is the only way and that he wants to save you that's my goal today you say are you trying to talk me into something i'm not trying to talk you into anything that the holy spirit isn't trying to talk you into But if the Holy Spirit's working on you, my job today is to persuade you. And that's what I want to do. Can we pray together this morning? Heavenly Father, speak through your word. Hide me behind your word today, God. Help me say nothing that would interfere with what your word has to say. God, I pray as we approach this text and we approach this passage, this, this simple chapter today, God, but this important and powerful chapter today, I pray that we would lean in today to what you have for us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would lead and guide our thoughts and our hearts and our minds during the preaching of your word today. And God, if there's someone here today who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, God, I pray today would be the day that they, that they surrender, that they let go, that they trust in you, that they believe the good news of the gospel. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to jump right in this morning. I want us to see uh, very quickly this morning just some elements in this text, in this chapter, in this song that I believe will help us as we focus on our all-sufficient Savior this morning. Number one, let's see the confidence 
in the Lord. The confidence in the Lord. Look at verse 1, the very first verse. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Try to scare me. Try to keep me down. Right? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat at my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. In this, I will be confident. Confident. The confidence in the Lord. Spurgeon said it this way, where there is not enough light to see our own darkness and to long for the Lord Jesus, there is no evidence of our salvation. The Lord is that light, that light that brings us out of darkness. And can I just say this? If you've had an experience with Jesus, if you've prayed a prayer that somebody convinced you to pray, or you think because you go to church that you're going to heaven or that Jesus Christ is your Savior, can I tell you this this morning? If there has been no from darkness into light in your life, then you might want to rewind. You might want to revisit. The Lord is my light and my salvation. You see, salvation finds us in the dark, but it does not leave us there. It gives light to those who sit in the valleys. You say, Josh, you say that we're a come-as-you-are church, and we are a come-as-you-are church. I mean that from the, head, from the top of my head and the soles of my feet. I mean that from the beginning of the time of our church till the last day our church ever has its doors open. Uh, in eternity, I don't care. We are a come-as-you-are church. You don't have to dress up. You don't have to cover up. You don't have to worry. You don't have to, you don't have to spend any extra money. You, don't have to wor- you can come as you are. But let me just say this. When you meet Jesus, when you meet Jesus, he will change everything about you. Listen, I love that about Jesus. Come as you are, but don't leave as you came. Hey, come as you are, but leave changed. Hey, come as you are and get cleaned up. Hey, come as you are and get your life completely, radically changed. He is the light and he is our salvation. Romans chapter 8 verse 31. What, shall we, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? The fact is this, the psalmist, the writer David here, he knew in whom he had believed. He knew who his Savior was. He knew who his Lord was. In fact, many people believe that the majority of the psalms were written as he was running from King Saul, who was threatening to kill him and take his life. And he could say, hey, though enemies rise against me, of this I will be confident. Hey, though, the, though there's wars and there's, and there's entanglements all around me, whom shall I fear? You have to understand, sometimes we kind of uh, fairy tale the Bible. You have to understand, if, and once again, I'm not speaking uh, in, in a definite here, but if Psalm 27 was written during the, the stage of David's life when he was being pursued by Saul, you have to understand a physical human being with sinful flesh penned these words while the king was literally trying to kill him. Like he was seeking him, trying to physically kill him. 
his best friend's dad. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh and my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. He, he writes these words when after he gets done writing them, he could step out into the sunlight and get hit with an arrow. You have to understand this. David wrote these words. He penned these confident words when he very well could have been killed the moment after he wrote them. And maybe someone would have found these later and said, my, what irony. David writes these words of not being afraid and being confident in the Lord and less than 30 minutes later, he's killed. But no, he he didn't know. He had no clue what the end result was was going to be. But he showed his confidence in the Lord. And let me say this. You nor I know what what is going to take place in the next 30 days, three months, three years, 10 years of our lives. We have no clue. We are not guaranteed that next breath. But we can have confidence in our Lord. We can have confidence that David uh, shows here. And let me say this. There are many people in our culture that are focused on self-confidence. Hey, listen, you need to work on yourself and, and you're really kind of down on yourself and you really need more self-confidence. And I believe, man, especially when we're dealing with young people, if you have uh, young people that are struggling with their identity or they're struggling with who they are or they're struggling emotionally, socially, I do believe in confidence, but what we as followers of Jesus need to focus more on is not self-confidence, but God confidence, not self-confidence, but spirit confidence. You see, David here wasn't saying, I'm confident that I can handle Saul. David says, I'm confident that God's going to take care of me. I'm confident that the Lord is my light and he is my salvation. Let me ask you this morning, are you more concerned with your self-confidence or with spirit confidence? Are you, more impor- are you more concerned with taking care of yourself or are you more concerned with allowing the Spirit to take care of you? Allowing your Savior to take care of you. Confidence in the Lord. David's circumstances were not ideal and neither are yours. I know the majority of you in this room, we all have issues and circumstances in our lives. Maybe you're in a, you're in a valley. Maybe you're in a difficult time of your life right now and David was not in control of his circumstances he wasn't but he had confidence in his savior confidence let me say say this Christian if you have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ John chapter 11 John chapter 10 or 11 I forget which one tells us that we are in the hand of Jesus and not only are we in the hand of Jesus but we are in the hand of God and no man can pluck us out of his hand Rest easy. Take a deep breath. Not self-confidence. Spirit confidence. God confidence. Hey, God has everything under control. So we see the confidence in the Lord that David displays here in the first three verses of this text. Let's look at the, let's continue on in the text though. Let's see secondly the worship of the Lord. The worship of the Lord. The confidence of the Lord. And secondly the worship of the Lord. Look at verse four. One thing I have desired of the Lord that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord 
and to inquire in his temple. I'm pausing right there because I could, I could pause and let Tim come up and, and teach on worship. He does so well. And, and I can have, but if you want to ask, hey, Josh, what does true like adoration and praise and worship look like? I, I really love looking at the book of Psalms and I really love to behold the beauty of the Lord. To just behold the beauty. It's not on the ceiling, by the way. That's an ugly ceiling. It's to behold the beauty of the Lord. What is worship? What is adoration? It's really to stop and behold Jesus. It's to stop and it is to focus our attention upon and to show worth and value to our Savior to behold His beauty. Look at verse 5. For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret place of His tabernacle, He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in His tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Listen, may I, may I submit to you this morning that once we get our spirit confidence, our God confidence, our Savior confidence, once we have our confidence focused on the right person and in the right place, that will drive us into a spirit of, of worship. It will drive us to our local gatherings of worship. It will drive us to our private, our secret place of worship. And let me just say this, I won't give you a dime for someone who wants to exhibit public worship in front of everybody, but doesn't spend time during the week, on the other six days of the week, in private worship before their Savior. Just being real. Same way, I wouldn't, listen to a, I wouldn't listen to a pastor who gets up here and preaches God's Word on Sunday who isn't in it Monday through Saturday. Can we be real? Worship. The worship of the Lord. That he may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life to behold his beauty. That he may meet him in the secret place where he is hidden. Where he will sing praises to his Lord. Think about those dwelling in his house, beholding his beauty in the secret place, singing praises. David had what I like to call here kind of a, a praise, I like to call it a praise break. Anybody ever... You ever heard that phrase before? A praise break. And what I mean by that is he stopped and he focused his attention. And sometimes I feel like we allow the busyness and everything going on around us as David could, the circumstances of his life, and we don't take the time to pause and praise the Lord for what he's done. We don't take the time to pause and praise Him for His his love. We don't take the time to pause and praise Him for His kindness. We don't take the time to pause and praise Him for His mercy. We don't take time to pause and praise Him for His grace. We don't take time to pause and praise Him for His word and read His word. We don't take time to pause and praise Him for His forgiveness. We don't take the time to pause and praise Him for the Holy Spirit that He has given us inside of us every day. We don't take the time to pause and praise Him for the local church that He's allowed us to be a part of we don't pause and praise him for the for the the worldwide church of believers all over the world who worship the same jesus as we do who encourage us we don't take the time to pause and praise we don't take the time 
to pause and praise Him for our salvation and the gospel. We don't take the time to pause and praise Him. And can I just say this morning that in the busyness of this coming week, I'm talking about this week when we leave here today, within the next six days, take some time to pause. To pause. Whether that means you need to get up 20 or 30 minutes earlier in the morning, or how about this, shut off Netflix 20 or 30 minutes earlier at night. Uh-oh. A little quiet when I said that, right? Shut off, shut off the TV. They say you ought to do it like an hour before you go to bed anyway if you're to sleep better. I don't do that, but I need to. Shutting it off a little early. Waking up a little earlier. Hey, maybe instead of whatever you do on your lunch break, you maybe get away and pause for a little bit. Pause. And praise and thank God. And just as David did, sing praises to the Lord. How many of you can't sing this morning? Raise your hand. Raise your come on, be don't be don't be shy. I'm with you. My hands up. All right, there we go. Listen, I don't care if you can sing. I love the verses like singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's much better than me singing and making melody in my mouth to the Lord. I don't care if you can sing or not. Ain't nobody in the car with you when you're driving by yourself. Pause. Pause. Instead of what I like to do on my, in my car ride, I listen to podcasts. And I try to better myself. Well, every now and then, how about I turn that off and I pause. And I sing praises to God. If you've attended our church for any length of time, you, you know this. But um, my man Justin back there in the back, is, uh, he's got me like super blackmailed. Um, this mic right here is the mic you're hearing, okay? This mic right here, you're not hearing that mic. This is for our podcast and our videos. Um, it picks up differently and uh, all that good stuff. Well, on the computer back there, Justin has a folder, and I think it's called Josh Singing. And so I put this on about 30 minutes before church starts, and we go ahead and start it rolling. And so not only can he hear my conversations, so if you ever ask me anything like private, don't do it before church, because I forget that I have this thing on. Um, and, uh, and he hears me sing. In fact, last, last week, last week I got a video from him. He had uh, kind of dub, double-timed my voice to sound like the chipmunks. And um, <laughs> tell you something. Hey, all that to say, look, I can't sing. But man, I stand up here and I sing. I get with it. I, I told Ashley, I told Ashley today, I was like, hey, if you stand beside me, you got to sing. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I, just, I sing, I'm sorry. I just want to apologize in advance. I sing. I don't care if I sound horrible. I'm going to sing. I don't care. My daughters, we go, I take my daughters grocery shopping with me sometimes to give my wife a little bit of a breather. I'll take it with me. And I have a new thing now where I will sing in the grocery store just to embarrass them. <laughs> just to embarrass my daughters. Where are they at? There they are. Just to embarrass them as I'm doing right now. Uh, just to embarrass my daughters, I will begin singing in the grocery store. Some of them are good Christian songs. Others of them are probably not. And I, and I just sing them out just to embarrass my daughters. At the end of the day, can I say this? I don't care your talent level. Can we just take some time and praise him a little bit? Worship him? To focus our attention on him? To, to behold his beauty? To behold his beauty. The worship of the Lord, David 
shows us the confidence, first of all, in the Lord, and now, secondly, the worship of the Lord. Thirdly, can we see this this morning? The provision of the Lord. I love this one. The provision of the Lord. Look at verse 7. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. He said, hey, listen, God, when you said jump, I said how high. I, I'm, I'm yours. Okay, the first six verses was real. You are my light and my salvation. You are the one that I worship. Look at verse 9. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me. Remember in Hebrews, we get the, the great promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. David, do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. What's the principle he's driving home here? He's saying even when those who are physically the closest to you, your parents, your close, tight-knit family, if they were to forsake you, God will take care of you. He is your provider. God will provide. God always has, always have, has provided for you, and He always will provide for you. In fact, God will provide for you right on time. The phrase in the Bible is Jehovah Jireh. That is, that the Lord will provide. And let me say, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide for Abraham a sacrifice instead of his beloved promised son, Isaac. Let me say this morning, Jehovah Jireh, that the Lord will provide manna for the complaining, disobedient, rebellious children of Israel when they come in a time of need. Let me say this morning, Jehovah Jireh, that the Lord will provide shade and food for Elijah during his depression. Let me say this morning, Jehovah Jireh, that the Lord will provide a whale, a great fish, to swallow up Jonah, not out of punishment, but out of mercy and out of grace to spare his life. Let me say this morning, Jehovah Jireh, that the Lord will provide David a way to escape King Saul as he is coming after you, attempting to kill you and take your life. Let me say the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh resurrection power for Lazarus in his timing four days after he was dead and his sisters had given up hope. The Lord will provide. You say, Josh, he didn't provide in this circumstance in my life. I can point back to it. It might not be over yet. If you'd have caught Mary and Martha three days after Lazarus would have died, they'd have said, God didn't provide. God didn't provide. You see, God will provide. Jehovah Jireh, God will take care of me, and he will take care of me as he sees fit, when he sees fit, using the tools that he sees fit. He will provide. He will take care. And, and can I say this, that all throughout Scripture we have seen God provide for His people over and over and over again. And, and what makes us think that we're any different? God will provide. God will provide. The Lord will be your help and the Lord we will take care of you. So can I say this this morning, church? Don't worry about your finances because Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, 
will provide. Don't worry this morning about my finances because Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Uh, Don't worry this morning about the future because Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Don't worry this morning about the next generation, your children, your grandchildren, uh, those that you love the most because Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And I just happen to believe that the same God who provided for people since day one of scripture, all the way through the Old Testament and through the New Testament, I just happen to believe that that same God will provide and come through for you and he will come through for me. God, our provider, the provision of the Lord. Can I give you three words that we need to think about when we're, when we're going through these times of reliance upon God? These are three words I'll text people every now and then as encouragement. God's got this. Can you say it with me this morning? God's got this. That was like, that was like a third of you. All right, everybody else, wake, wake up. Here we go. You ready? God's got this. God's got this. Whatever you're going through, God's got this. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. He will provide. The confidence that David showed in the Lord, the worship that David gave to the Lord, the provision that he recognized in the Lord, and lastly this morning, this is just kind of the icing on the cake here, the goodness of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord. I could have constructed our entire worship set this morning, I believe, off of these points, and I didn't do that. Last Sunday, Karen, I'm not going to make you do it today. Was it last Sunday? Yeah, because I was up here. Um, we sing this song called The Goodness of God. Oh, man. It's just an amazing song. I think about the old song that I learned growing up uh, in, in, in church. God is so good he's so good to me he answers prayer god is good look at verse 11 teach me your way O lord lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries for false witnesses have risen against me such as breathe out violence i would have lost heart Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David, you're possibly writing this from exile. You're possibly writing this from a cave as you are fleeing from Saul. And he says, I would have lost heart. Just being real. David's being real right here. David said, I would have stopped. I would have turned my back and forsaken the Lord. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Listen this morning, if we believe that we serve a good God, if we believe this morning that we serve a good God, then don't lose heart. Then don't lose faith. Don't lose your confidence in Him. Don't stop your worship of Him. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4 says that the goodness of God leads you 
to repentance. And I'll be honest with you, in the church cultures that I've grown up in, honestly, most of the time it was, that this was never said, this was implied, that the wrath of God brings you to repentance. Hey, listen, some of you, let me tell you, you good for nothing, sorry, blah, 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 blah. Hey, listen, if you're a good for nothing, sorry, fill in the blank, you already know that. You ever been there? I'm a good for nothing, sorry, fill in the blank. That's cool, that's me. No, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. You know why the Lord deserves our confidence and our worship and our, and our praise? You know why he deserves that? Because he is eternally good. He can be nothing but good. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. The goodness of God. David acknowledges that here. And you say, Josh, that's kind of baseline. That's kind of elementary. Well, let me be very baseline and elementary for you this morning. God has been good to me. And God has been good to you. I don't care what your struggle is right now. I don't care what life is thrown at you right now. God has been good to you. He has been. He has been. When life is bad, when circumstances are less than ideal, when you're going through the valley, hey, even in the valleys, God is good. God is good. In fact, we have learned as we have preached about the valleys in Psalm 23 and about the valleys in other texts of Scripture we have learned that in fact the valleys are oftentimes the places where God wants to draw you closer in the valleys. God is a good God. You say, well, if he's such a good God, then why did he allow this to happen? That's a good question. And here's the thing. He's such a good God, he'll let you ask it. He's such a good God that he'll hear that question. He's such a good God that he'll, he'll surround you with a local church that lets you ask that question and brings you in and, and helps you revive your faith. He's such a good God that he'll let you doubt him and he won't forsake you. He's such a good God that he'll let you turn your back on him that he will never turn his back on you. He's such a good God that he lets you struggle with your sin. Think about it. He's such a good God that he lets you struggle with your sin. And he's there for you. And that same sin that you asked, that you confessed to him last week, that you're going to confess to him again this week, he's such a good God. He's such a good God. You see, if God was squarely fair, hmm. I don't want to fall under the wrath of a fair God. I'll fall under the wrath of a good, merciful, just God. He is good. Can I ask you this morning, Christian, do we need to pause? We don't even like that last three seconds. You know why? Because it was completely silent. Can we pause and can we praise?
Can we take a break from everything else and can we praise the Lord? Because He is our all-sufficient Savior. Can we have Savior spirit confidence in the Lord? Can we worship Him and behold His beauty? Can we seek Him for provision and know that the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh? Can we focus this morning on His goodness? If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your eternal Lord and Savior, I don't know of a better passage of Scripture that we could have gone through. If you can't read Psalm 27 and see a glimpse of what God wants to do in your life through His Son Jesus, man, that's, that's a key passage. Can I say this, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance? Can I say that God didn't make any junk? Can I say this morning that God supremely loves you and that Jesus Christ came to die for you? Can I say it like this, that you were born as a child in sin? It was by default, that's what we do, we are sinners. For as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for the all sin, Adam and Eve. And in our sin, we deserve death, because Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, For the wages, or the payment, or the earnings of sin is it's death. It's not a physical death. We all experience a physical death. It's a spiritual death. The word literally means to be separated from God. Because of our sin, we are separated from Him, just like Adam and Eve in the garden. They sinned. What did God do every day before they sinned? He came down and he fellowship with them every day. They sinned and that fellowship they experienced for the first time a separation from God. They clothed themselves. They immediately began and that's, I'm not here to preach that but I'm just, it's a good illustration of it. The wages of sin is death. is eternal separation from God in a place called hell. That's our penalty. It's our punishment. But Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, His only Son, His sinless Son came and He lived on this very earth. And you know how last week when you shouldn't have done what you did, but you did it anyway? Or the week before that when you thought about doing something that you shouldn't have done? And you remember when you were a kid, and you, okay, all those things are called sins. Jesus never committed one. He literally lived on this earth a perfect life. He did that because only a perfect person could take on the sin of all of you and all of me and all of those and all of those and all of those and all of those out there and those over there and those across the, the pond there and those in Asia there and those only a perfect person. And Jesus Christ took upon him the sins of the world. He became our sin. He who knew no sin became sin. In fact, when he became sin... His only Father, listen to this, God the Father, when Jesus Christ became sin, He had to turn away. He couldn't look upon Jesus because of the sin. He became that sin for you. He was buried. Three days later, He rose again in victory. He did that to offer you a victorious life. Yeah, that life is victory. In this life, you can have victory. But it's victory in the life to come. It's eternal victory in heaven. Can I ask you today if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, 
if you could not with confidence answer that the moment that I leave this temporary, temporary world, I will be eternally with my Savior in heaven. If you couldn't answer that, if you cannot say that with confidence this morning, can I invite you to do what the Bible says? Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them who believe on his name. Can I invite you into the best relationship you've ever been in? Can I invite you into an eternal relationship that will never end? And that is a personal, real relationship with Jesus Christ. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.church. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.